Good evening, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor, I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516-418-5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E.org. Here's what Be Unique is all about. Our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production. We work to educate, inspire, and foster positivity and creativity worldwide through video, audio, and a spectacular literary magazine featuring writers from around the world. The newest Be Unique magazine is out right now, and you can read it online along with Be Unique Brevard magazine, the Space Coast premier magazine. Be Unique is also a media powerhouse. Not only do you get this incredible podcast hosted by me, Tony Taylor, but 11 other shows. So sit back, get comfortable, and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night. It is 9 o'clock. You are on Be Unique Radio, and you are listening to Unscripted with me, Tony Taylor. I hope your evening's fine. I hope you're relaxed, and I hope you're ready. Uh, today, we got kind of a special show. We are investigating what Be Unique is all about, and Be Unique is an incredible magazine, literary magazine. It's also a video production house. We've also got several other events in the works that we're planning right now. But none of this, none of this, none of this would be anywhere near possible if we didn't have the incredible volunteers that we have with Be Unique, ranging from artists from all around the world. And some of those artists are exactly what you think they are. They are people, everyday people, living everyday normal lives and uh, trying to put their little extra something into the world because, as you know, BeUnique.org is dedicated to change, and that change is changing the world in a positive way. But again, like I'm stressing, we would be nowhere without the volunteers that we have. And I'm on the phone right now with a volunteer. Her name is Martha Watts. Martha, please welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Thank you, Tony, for having me. I am very well, thank you. All right. Well, listen, I, I am I am dying to talk to you because we have never really done a show like this before where we've actually talked with people that are actually a part of the Be Unique family. So right off the bat, I want to start and ask, um, how did you hear or how did you get involved with Be Unique? Oh, I was at a an art festival in um, Melbourne. Um, right. Well, actually, it was at the Hilton, the real Hilton in Melbourne, and um, it was a an authors for authors um art show we had where we had books on you know on display, and um, I had a huge banner I remember with my face on it of course um, next <laughs> of to my course. table and I 
And I had left my table for a moment. You know, you need a break. You need a bathroom break or something. So and I was back, walking back. Get comfortable <laughs> and get ready to dial 516-418-5651. We have a ghost in the machine. And whatever this else you may want to say. Time, Let's meet I our guest. i got to apologize to you. You can blame me. Point the finger at me. Not, All right. I am sorry to Not a problem. You. Not a problem. And so we I have a banner with your face. We have a banner with your yes. face. You're there, okay? But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not at the table. The banner is looking at my table. So I left. Okay. I went to the restroom or someplace. I'm walking back the halls, and I heard somebody say, "Here she is. Here she is." And that's Terrell. He's saying, "Here she is. Here she is." I'm like, "What did I do? How do you know me?" <laughs> he said, "Well, he said, well, you have a banner at your table, of course, <laughs> so, um, with your face on it. That banner's got your face on yes. it." <laughs> exactly. So they, you said we we want we saw your table. They saw the books that I, because it was a writing workshop, and they saw that the books that I was I, I had at my table was the books were about teaching people how to write, especially ah. children. So they they wanted to interview me, and so Be Unique snatched me and placed me in another room and interviewed me for um, a few minutes. <laughs> They literally and snatched you and dragged you out of the room. <laughs> I know that. I know Mary's just like that. Yeah. I was I married to Jennifer and Terrell. And, um, yeah, it's, um, we've been connected since. That is yeah. amazing. And then last yeah. year, mm-hmm, last no, go year ahead. I decided, they've been asking me to write, and then I, I've been busy. Last year, I completed um, my Master's of Fine Arts with Fulfield University, and I said, okay, now I think I'm ready to write. So I started writing for them January, yes. December, January, yes. How many articles do you think you've written for Be Unique? Because I'm sorry, I don't have the specs in front of me right now. How many articles have you done? I have written two for Global and three for Bouvard. That is amazing. Two Global, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is amazing. Now tell me, now tell me, when Mm -hmm. when you were little, when you were little, Martha, okay, Mm-hmm. Did little Martha want to be a writer? Have you always wanted to be a writer, or is this something that came to you later on in life? Well, funny, I remember little me loved reading because I grew up with grandma, uh, and she two things she liked: she liked to read and she liked storytelling. So right. that storytelling thing, if Granny wasn't available to tell stories, you wanted to read stories. So it was something Absolutely. that I did a lot: reading stories and and listening to stories being told. And I remember reading that series book growing up as a child, and I always wondered what it would be like. As I, as I, I grew older, I started feeling like what it would be like to have a series set in our own where I grew up. And so it was always right. something at the right. back of my mind, even if I didn't think it was possible. But um, I always just thought it. But um, it started from the love of storytelling or listening oh, to storytelling. Yes. Yes. And, and reading a lot, yeah. Yes. I'll tell you, you know, we're, we're very similar. Um, my family, I come from a, let's just say, humble beginnings. And um, mm-hmm. we really didn't get a chance to travel, really didn't get a chance to go anywhere. And um, my gateway to going places, doing things, meeting people was the public library because I would find books. And with books, mm-hmm. I had my best friend. And uh, I would get a book, and I would be able to travel to Europe. I would be able to travel exactly. I would be able to go exactly. anywhere with anyone at any time. And it was that yes. 
that freedom of reading. But then it also spawned in mm-hmm. me too because I'm a writer, and it also spawned in me too mm-hmm. the, the the desire to tell stories, to create yeah. you know mm-hmm. to create instances mm-hmm. for people that they can too use their imagination. That's why you know I come. Mm-hmm. I also have a film and TV background, and you know it it and I've worked in the industry for over a decade. But I, I tell you, you know, no matter how well you make a movie, you'll always hear this statement. Well, the book's always better. And you know better. what? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the book yeah. is because the book, yeah. the book is, is allowing your mind to exercise that imagination mm-hmm. and create that mm-hmm. world, that world that becomes new to you, future. that becomes, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and they become your friends. Mm-hmm. And, and when mm-hmm. you were sitting there reading and when you were reading and writing, I mean, when you were reading and, and, and getting into books, you discovered you love storytelling, right? So mm-hmm. when did you really start sitting down and writing? Funny. I wrote um, every time I went to the beach, I wrote poems mostly. And then um, I remember writing a story and submitting it to the Caribbean writers. And it came back as, no, we don't want your writing. And um, you just get a little dejected because it was rejected. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, um, Martha, if I, I can interrupt you for a minute, I have a wall in my, my office, and I've almost got the entire office uh, wall papered with rejection letters. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you oh know, that's, that's, well, but, but, you know, that's not why we do it, right? I mean, that's, that's yes, not why we right. write. I mean, it's wonderful uh-huh. to have your stuff accepted. You know, and it's wonderful yep. to have somebody go, wow, this is great. It's the greatest mm-hmm. thing in the world. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. nine out of ten times, that's not going to happen. You know, exactly. and you get that letter. You go, dear Mr. Taylor, yeah. we regret to inform <laughs> yeah. you. Or it's like, we really appreciate you, but. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't fit, it doesn't fit all our magazines. Well, I tell you, I stole the wallpaper thing from I stole the wallpaper thing from Stephen King. Uh, Stephen King about uh, about twenty years ago wrote a book. It's called On Writing, and it's his personal memoir. I, I have of, that one. I have that one. Is that not the greatest book for writers? I uh, yes, it is. It is. That is yep, the greatest it was book to us for writers. At a writing project. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is amazing. Stephen King on writing. Really. Mm-hmm. It changed. It changed my life, mm-hmm. and he, he jokes about that. He says, you know, when he first started out, yes. he was writing articles. He said, "Yeah, I started putting them on my wall and using them as wallpaper." And I thought, <laughs> well, you know, if if, if 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 I can just be a little bit a part of Stephen King, maybe I can get the whole rejection wallpaper thing down. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, know. I started posting. But yes. that's not why we do it. That's yes. not why we do it. Exactly. And, and I tell you. Exactly. And I tell you. And, yes. and I, and I got to thank you personally uh, because you are a part of Be Unique that makes Be Unique great. We are people that really want to see a change in the world and really do things that is special. Although this is a Be Unique podcast, uh, we honestly, and I, and I know Martha agrees with us, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be talking about it and we wouldn't be so enthusiastic about it if it really wasn't life-changing. And it, 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 affects, all, it affects all of your life. Martha, you're, you're really – now, excuse me. You, you are in, in involved heavily with education. Do you want to talk about that? 
Definitely. So I, I tell people I'm an educator. That's the first thing. Even if that was right. not my first career choice, I wanted to be a nurse. And then okay. I started off as a social worker. So I did those two things before I even landed in education. But that's what I do most of, um, you know. So I've been a teacher and educator for 30, over 30 years. And um, What's that I taught on all, right now English, but I taught elementary first. So I was an elementary okay. school teacher, taught, kin- taught music to kindergartners, taught art oh, to wow. the younger ones as well. And then I taught everything because in, in elementary, you teach everything. So oh, I yeah. taught everything, elementary grades. And then um, when I moved to the Virgin Islands and became, um, after I studied secondary education, then I became a middle school language arts teacher. And oh, then okay. I did secondary mm-hmm, and then I also worked at the University of the Virgin Islands as a writing teacher as well. So I started, you know, specializing when I became to the United States Virgin Islands. And um, so it's been 30 years of the same, almost the same thing. But when I moved to Florida, I taught on the high school, and then I moved to being a literacy coach. And then what is, the what is that exactly, in, Martha? Martha, what is a literacy so coach? A li- so a literacy coach, pretty much what you do is, support teachers in teaching, oh, you know, okay. pedagogical stuff. So you okay. have new teachers who come and probably they have issues with the pedagogical aspect of teaching. Some people are coming from another field of study. Maybe they've never taught before. They just have a degree right. in science or social studies right. or math. And so you want to teach them the whole art of teaching. Oh, um, that is interesting. There, mm-hmm, and there are sometimes there are veteran teachers who need help with just how do I interpret my data? How do I support kids who are just don't seem to be getting it? Right. So I I am non evaluative. I would go in the classroom, we would talk we would talk first and see what it is you want me to take a look at. We will talk about what you want me to, to see. And I come to your classroom, I watch, I observe, I do all sorts of things and then um we sit and talk about it. And then we come together with resolutions um to talk about and come up with resolutions. Do you find that teachers are very receptive to your notes and to what you do? And that is such an important question because you don't just come into a school and right. just walk into a teacher's classroom. It's never going to happen. So there's yeah. something called buy-in. buy-in and um, I read something by the conscious coach. I think he's Brett Bartholomew. Okay. And he's talking about we have to have that trust level before you can even ask. If somebody could be a great athlete and you want to coach him, but if he doesn't trust you, he's not right. going to allow you. Right. So to be a great teacher, they probably need my help, but if there's not that relationship, <laughs> they're never going to have me in their classroom. Right. So of course, I'm going to see you in the halls. I'm going to say hi in the halls. I'm going to put something in your box that I think you might need. I'm going to build that relationship first. And then when I hear you in the lunchroom saying, I just can't handle that particular class, I'm going to say, hey, well, I can come in and we can take a look. So you want teachers to know that you're not evaluative. Teachers like teachers usually feel that if somebody walks into their classroom, if they come in to score them, give them a grade, do something. When I right. walk into a teacher's classroom, it's because I'm being invited. Or if you are a new teacher, then it's expected and we always plan when that time is. It's never going to be a surprise. And whatever I find, that has nothing to do with the administration. 
My job is to support you, to help you get things sorted out, so that when they come, they will see what it is that they would like to see. So, um, and that's why I tried my best to not be, I wouldn't have lunch with the admin, because I want my right. teachers to know right. that I am with you, not them. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really fine line to walk, because I need to support my administrators, I need right. to know what their vision is. I need to make sure I do what they want. But at the same time, I need to support teachers as well. So it's, it's really, really a fine line. And it can be very uncomfortable if you do not know the Oh, okay. I, I, I can understand just that. just making sure how to balance sure. it, yes. I'm sure. But I, mm-hmm. I would think, though, I would think that the teacher, though, would greatly appreciate that support and that level of, you know, in analysis to be a better teacher. And you probably find that well, a lot, do you? Well, it depends on if, according to what their relationship is with admin, if, if, they have, if, if, if it's a particular teacher where admin is on their case and, oh, you're not doing this right. And if I come to them, they're thinking, in other words, they're not able to even see me as a different person or a different color. It's like they've shaded everybody coming into their classrooms as the same so it really has to come down to, okay, I'm not going to come in unless we sit before to talk right. about what I'm coming for. So I'm not going to just walk into your classroom and not have a plan. So we would have that pre-planning. We sit, we uh, talk about what okay. you'd like me to take okay. a look at. Then okay. I come, I look, and then we have that post where I come and we talk about what I saw, and we come up with a plan. I never give you remedies. We talk about uh, remedies, and we, mm-hmm, and we okay. see how. And then you, and then you tell me when do you want me to come back? Because I want to come back to see if the remedy we came up with worked. And so I'm gonna to have to come. You tell me. Give me two weeks. Give me one week, and then mm-hmm. I'll be back. But sadly, Tony, over the last year, it I, my job became like miserable because oh, so sorry many to hear that. because of COVID. Mm-hmm, so many teachers oh. because of COVID. Sure. So many teachers left or were missing and always absent and stuff. And so I became more like a substitute. I was in the, te- in the classroom a lot, and it became quite frustrating. Well, and, and yeah. well, that was a whole, you know, I mean, this is cliche now, and everybody knows this, mm-hmm. and everybody has experienced this. But, you know, COVID mm-hmm. really just completely changed everything. Mm-hmm. Changed everything, mm-hmm. in, in even in your situation with the education system. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I can see how that's even compounded. You know, it's even more stress on the mm-hmm. teacher, and even more stress mm-hmm. on you. And um, yeah. is, is am I understanding that correctly? Though that you know, when you say you you walk a fine line, um, am I understanding it correctly that you know you have to be very careful in how you you know. Um, walk along this educator to make your points or to stress your, your aspects. So and I love the, the way you build I mean, a relationship. Well, I was yes. going to say, I love so the way I mean, you build a relationship with them, but yeah, go ahead, Martha. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. No problem. What I mean by a fine line is because I have to support my administrators. So the principals, the assistant principals, I am there to support them. So I am with them talking about the goals for the school and what we have to do, but at the same time, I have to support my teachers as well. So while it is true that I have to be with my educators, my administrators, I also have to let my, my, 
my teachers see that I am still your pair. Right. I'm not right. your supervisor. I am your pair, and I'm here to support you. So, therefore, I have to make sure that I am sort of liming with them more. When I say liming right. with them, maybe eating the lunch instead of eating with the admin, I eat in the lunch. Um, you know, those kind of things. You know, meet them in the halls and say hi and talk to them and if you have a little huddle somewhere, you join the huddle, you know, you talk, you find out right, what's going right. on. You just want to make them feel that I am you, not them. And then at the same time, I want them to know that I am there to present your vision as well. So that's why I say it's a fine line. You don't want people to think that, oh, well, she's coming to talk to us so that she can carry <laughs> to the admin. Because a lot oh, of no. times, yes. So a lot Here of comes times, Martha. Um, literacy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literacy coaches can find themselves in that situation where they want to be so admin pleasers that they find themselves losing the trust of teachers, and you sure. don't want that. You don't sure. want teachers to see you as a, just an admin with a different title. It's not going to work that way. And I, I can tell you that I saw people who were veteran teachers, they were asking me to come into their classroom. I, they didn't need me, I thought, but then they wanted me to come. It's like, I'm having difficulties. i having difficulties with that group of students. Can you help? I'm having difficulties with such and such. And, you know, so it's, it's something where it's, it's amazing when you see people want you, even when you think that um, they didn't need you. But they thought that they did, and that's a good thing. So, um, well, well Martha, that speaks leaders. volumes about you, mm-hmm. though. I mean, uh, you know, listening mm-hmm. to you know how you're saying, you, you've got veteran teachers that you know mm-hmm. you know after seeing them that they don't really need your help, but they want to better mm-hmm. themselves, and they feel exactly. there's no better way to do that than to have your help. Yes. And and I think it's brilliant in the way, and this is what really strikes me. I think it's brilliant in the way that you build a partnership with the exactly teachers. so. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of weeks of school, I'm not going to come to your classroom because I know I'm supposed to. No. The time is to meet you in the hall, say hi, drop something in your box and say, I think you might, in case you need that, here's something. Or oh, I saw that and I thought it might, you know, you might use it. So you want to make that, you may build that kind of comfort so people can feel comfortable right. with you. Not just right. first day because your job is to support them that you're going to jump in your classroom. No. You want right. to make sure that you develop that, that, that kind of rapport and um, give them that comfort, you know, and they're going to want you. Yeah. Right. What's the greatest part about your job? What do, you, what do you feel is the best part about what you do? Well, um, I must say to you, Tony, that – Don't be humble now. It's August, all about you. As Don't of, be humble. As of, as, of, <laughs> as of August 1st, as of August 1st, I decided to be my own person. So I am no longer with the public school system. I am now operating as an independent educational consultant. And so oh, what I do now... Okay. And that's just, that's just 11 days in the making, not much. Um, <laughs> but what I do, though, <laughs> what I do is to look for contracts. And so government contracting is the best place for me. I mean, I do anything I find, but government contracting, where I actually look for schools that are saying, look, we need support with teacher leadership. We need right. support with writing. We need support right. with. So th- there are three areas I provide support. One is writing. 
right. our school says, our school district says, we need to improve our writing performance among our students. I can say, okay, I have something to help you. And then I can no. help them. If, if a school says, we bought this initiative or this intervention, and we want to implement it, but we're having problems, that's okay. where I come in as well. Or if you say that um, we have different needs, we have, you know, we have needs for whatever that problem is, let's see if I can help. So I usually do needs assessment, for, um, program implementation support, or improvement of writing performance support. So that's what I do right now. And so you I'm were... about to start my... <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Martha. Yeah, so You're... I'm about to start my first... My first um, Big, if you want to call it that way. <laughs> how do you – let me ask you this, and this is out of my own curiosity. Um, how do you uh-huh. market yourself to di- these different schools? And I ask this because there may be a listener out there who's thinking about the possibility of trying the same thing that you're doing. And okay. how would somebody go about putting themselves out there to the schools or to the administrations or to the county or, or whatever you know entity – that they would have to contact to to do this. How would they? How do you do that? Well, to be honest with you, for me, it has been a long road. I've had um, my website course. I've had um, just going. I, I was with the Virgin Island Writing Project. I started, so I did a lot of free work, just going into schools and just doing it because they know that you can do it. No pay at first, and then another school will say, "Okay, I need." Um, I heard that you did this the other you know, at least that particular county, can you help us? Um, this is what we have. I know this is what you charge, but this is what we have. Will you, are you willing to do it with us? So it's, it's more, for me, it started off as word of mouth um, because I did a free one right here, and one person told another school, and told, oh, you go to conferences. Too. So I go to okay. ASCD conferences, and I present in those places. I presented at, um, like, the Caribbean, different, different conf- um, educational conferences, you present, you know, and people hear you, they see you, and then they start, um, you know, seeking you out. Um, you can also, once you become your, a business, you can start dealing with the Chamber of Commerce. And the, okay, okay. Like um, marketplace, the Florida marketplace, like for me right now. Um, but usually it comes from, for me, it has been mostly because I presented in a, in a, in a, a forum somewhere, Right. And people just like, I like her. It's like, okay, you can have her. So um, I, at first, it was, sort of, mm-hmm, it was sort of slow, small. So I would do it mostly like on spring break or on long weekends or right. stuff like that. So it was, you know, you have small ones. You can't leave your job to do that, you know. But now that I was able to, and then you contracts are like that. You, you, you write an RFP and you don't know that you're going to win. But if you win and it's it's big, then of course you're gonna to have to make the time to do it, and that's what happened sure. in this case. So I, I wrote an RFP and it, you know, it can take care of of you know I have to actually get out of my job to, to find right, it. So right. I am able to hire. I'm, I'm supposed to hire. I'm, I'm I'm able to hire somebody else with me, and oh, um, go ahead and do it. So mm-hmm. so if somebody's out there and you're thinking of doing independent consulting. You should never worry about free. Some people worry about pay, pay. Listen, I have done so many free. I know. I mean, I know. like a lot. 
you know. I, 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 um, my, um, I know. my, my last day in private schools was the 31st. But I, right. I, when I spoke to my principal and told her that I was leaving, and she said, would you still be willing? And I said, sure. I, I went in on the, on the second and did three hours of PD for, for my school. Right. Um, it was free. But it's just, it's like giving back. It's like you, if you love Absolutely. something, I think when you do it, uh, you, when you do it, you, you don't feel like. Martha, you just stole my thunder. You just stole my thunder because the next question I was going to ask you was you sound like somebody who loves what they do. Oh, when I do when I do literacy, when I do what I'm talking about, right. The only scary part is I never feel hungry, and that is the only scary part about doing right. independent consulting. Sure. You just wonder it's like how many days will I go without eating if I have I know. three or four days? I know. There is that. I, I, I start thinking of Michael Jackson and say, oh, that's what you felt when you were on a high? <laughs> you know, right. I'm like, because I know he says about when he's performing, he's on a high. And I say, oh, that's what he's talking about. That's what I feel when I am doing educational consulting. I am on a high. You, you I love your job. Hungry. I I do. I, I really, 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 really love it. Well, you know what? That that to me is, and this is just personally speaking, I don't know how anybody else would feel. I'd love to know if you'd like to call. 516-418-5651 is the number. Talk to Martha. But um, I, 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 I know you love your job, and I know you love what you do because you're willing to do it. And you're willing to do it, you know, even if you're not paid. And I'm, you know, I'm, in, you know, as writers, as writers, and as people that are in the film and TV industry, you know, that's it's a hard industry to deal with and work in. And very, in most, very, very hard. And it is. And 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 the 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 whole crux of of working is getting your name out there, getting your, you know, getting your yourself marketed, so that people know yeah. who you are. They know what you do. They know you're good at it. And you know what? Sometimes that requires you to do things for free. And I hear yeah. a lot of back and forth about, oh, how can you do that? You're not getting paid. You're not doing this. You're not doing mm-hmm. Well, number one, like you, Martha, they don't understand that you know when you love something, it becomes more important than almost anything else on this earth because it's, it's how you define yourself. It's how you mm-hmm. feel you make a moment in this world. And yeah. you know what? That's payment enough. And if you love it something is. and have the opportunity to do it, then mm-hmm. that is a paycheck. That is worth is. more money than any paycheck can ever offer. And a lot of people don't understand, but yes, that's what it is. It is. It is mm-hmm. an absolute paycheck, mm-hmm. and I've been there before, and I have done exactly what you're doing. Um and, and you know, I just I hear well, I just I hear a lot of back and forth, and you know, I'm not going to point the finger at my wife, um, <laughs> but you know, she'll say she'll say, you know, are, are you, oh, I'm I'm glad you're working or you're doing this. This is great. Are you getting paid? <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to go in the other room. I can't. No, but she, you know, those people, those people, and I love my wife. Don't get me wrong. Um, but those yeah. people, um, they don't understand the passion behind the work of That's what you do. What mm-hmm. They don't understand it. it. 
And I tell you what, you are an amalgamation of a lot of creativity and a lot of love. And I would like to definitely talk about that because you're not only confined to the job that you're doing, but you also have bigger plans. But I tell you what, Martha, if you don't mind, um, I've got to take a really quick break. And then we'll be back. We'll be back to talk more with you about um, all that you're doing and, and all the amazing things that you have planned for the future. So if you will hang on there, I'm just going to pay a couple of bills, and I'll be right back with Martha Watts, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Unscripted. We'll be right back. Have you ever read a web article on the Internet that really spoke to you? No, I mean really spoke to you. Well, let me tell you about Newsly. Newsly is the new and incredible audio app made especially for iOS and Android. Newsly picks up web articles about the most trending topics throughout the entire Internet. And at any given moment, Newsly reads those web articles to you in a natural human voice. Browse your favorite articles from topics you choose. Stop scrolling, start playing, start listening, and start learning. And Newsly has podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcasts, Unscripted, Coffee, Candy, and Creative, and On Demand are there too. Go to www.newsly.me to download and use Newsly for free now. And if you use promo code BEUNIQUERADIO, all one word and with tabs, receive a one-month free premium description. For the first time in the history of the Internet, the web becomes listenable. Listen and learn with Newsly. Let me ask you a question. Do you prefer coffee or tea? This is a question we ask on our fun and informative millennial talk show called Coffee or Tea, No Phones Allowed. And why do I know? Because I'm Anna. I'm one of the co-hosts. It's a great time. It's a professionally edited weekly series that's free to watch on Be Unique's YouTube channel. That's B-U-N-E-K-E. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave us a comment with your topic or guest recommendations. We love hearing from you. If you like the show tonight, let us know. Call 321-417-4309 or email mary at beunique.org to ask how you can sponsor the show. It's simple and doesn't have to cost much at all. Visit beunique.org for even more details. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Join the Global World Changers. Thanks for listening. And remember, thanks for listening. And remember, the best way to be unique is to just be you. All right, we're back. It's unscripted. It is Thursday night. I am with Martha Watts. We are discussing being a part of Be Unique. And uh, one of the great aspects of being part of this Be Unique family is the way that they not only allow you to do all of these creative things that you're capable of doing, but they also foster and they also grow creativity. And Martha is one of our spectacular writers here with the magazine. She's done numerous articles. She's an educator. She's much, much more than that as she has planned for the future. Martha I want to talk about your next endeavor, 
which is going to be a podcast. Do you want to talk about that and what it's going to be about? Hello. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Martha. We had a technical uh, there. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you hear my no, question? No problem. I did. I did. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes. As long as you heard the question, that's fine. Yes. Boy, we got to do something yes. about so this I... guy behind the keyboard. He's really messing up. No. <laughs> no. Go ahead. Okay. Right. So, um, yes, I'm about to start a podcast with you. It's okay. going to be called Ed Edu Chat. C H Edu C H A T. And um, what I plan to do there is to talk about all of the issues in education that people usually um, want to talk about. But also, I want to be able to share tips. Like, for example, uh, I told you that I, one of the things I do is program implementation. Sure. And so I want to tell people, talk to educators, especially admins, and say, you know, sometimes you pick the right initiative but you right. have not been able to implement it well because you do not do the right things. Right. So one of the mistakes that educators do is to, it's like, you know, you have kids, you go to the supermarket, you buy a vegetable and you just place it on the table and say, eat it. But you didn't <laughs> talk to them first. You didn't negotiate with them. And then they didn't that eat the sounds really odd. Sounds like my mom, Martha. Yeah. Sounds like, just like my mom. <laughs> And Here, so eat school administrators, <laughs> yeah. So school administrators treat initiatives like vegetables sometimes to kids. If right. you're going to implement an, an initiative at your school, you must get buy-in. Buy-in is so important. Do did you share with them before? Are you explaining to them who does what? Who's going to observe you? Who's going to model? Who's right. going? With whom are you going to collaborate? How are we going to evaluate this thing? How are we going to, you know, does it align with our issues? You want to make sure that you do all the groundwork. And so right. what I'm hoping to achieve on that podcast is to be able to support educators as well, not just um, chat, but, um, yeah, share tips that um, I can help with. And, again, that would be another place um, to right. let people know that I can help. I can help. Um, writing. We have... Only 30% of fourth to eighth graders are able to write on an on grade level. That's according right. to the national, um, you know, PISA, PISS, you know, um, program for international assessment. That so is eye opening. Yeah. We, so we have. So what happens to the other 60%? Why can't they write on grade level? Um, right. So where where does your child fall? Is your child in the thirty percent or the sixty percent? So these are the things that I hope to tackle or share or just let people know. It doesn't have to be your child doesn't have to be in that statistic of being part of that sixty percent that does not rise right. on green level by the time they get there. So. These are the kind of things. I know there are lots of other controversial things in education. I'm not really interested. I mean, if somebody asks a question and I have to handle it, I will. But I'm more concerned about supporting. How am I going to support right. you and your school if I answer a question about how can you develop, how can you create a culture of writing in your school? That's what I'm good right. at, and that's what I think I can, I can share. What, what suggestions do you think can help out um, – in, in, in explaining what you're trying to do, what kind of guests would you like to have? What kind of guests are you thinking about having? Um, right. So, 
So one of the things I said I have here, I said that we will use experts, we will use experiences, we will use, um, you know, examples, we'll also use research trends. So, for right. example, if there's somebody who wrote something on, you know, like math in schools, for example, we have students struggling. When students reach a certain age, they do not want to see math. I suppose I think eighth and ninth grade is where it happens. It's like math becomes. It's like what happened? Why did right, it happen? Right, if right, right. So I, I know, I know of people. I have. I'm part of groups where I see people who are creating resources to address these kind of needs. These are the kind of people I would ta- I would say, okay, I have a radio show. Would you mind coming on to talk about how to tackle the problem of teaching math to students right. after they've left the sixth grade? Yeah, so I would definitely go ahead and, and tap into people with the, you know, with the expertise to talk about different things. It won't be all, um, just me. It would definitely mm-hmm. be an extension, I imagine, of, of what you're already doing now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except yes, on a wider in reaching reaching a a wider and bigger audience, obviously. But I tell you, you know, with all of that's gone on, and we discussed COVID, and we discussed all that. I mean, there there, you know, education unfortunately needs a lot of help, and it needs the help from people that love to do what you do and have a passion for what they do. And I can't see of any better way of making an education-based podcast than doing just that because you're not only going to get people that are educators that are listening, but you're also going to get people that are interested in furthering their education and furthering technique and furthering that. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's an audience Mm -hmm. well worth tapping. I think that's an audience well Mm -hmm. worth tapping. And it's amazing. You know, we, 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 we have all of, it's amazing where life leads you, you know, um, I don't Definitely. know if you set out to be. Did you did you set out to get into education, Martha, when you were first starting out? Nope, <laughs> not at all. Okay, I what was Martha going to do? What was your What were you going to do, gonna Martha? I was going to be a nurse. I was going to be a right, nurse. Right, you told my me that. Reminds right. me. She said, "I thought you said you were going to be a nurse." And my dad says the same. He, you know, when he was able to, you know, he would say, "I thought you said you were going to be a nurse." I'm like, "Yeah," but it just didn't work out. Things happened, you know. But it's fine. Oh, it you know, I it's, well, to... you know, life happens. Life is what happens. Life, life happens, and I, I made it work. I made it work, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, you so made I, it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have been able to combine that love for telling and teaching along with creating. Because right. um, when you asked me if I had published before and if I was thinking of that, it just happened that um. I was sitting in class and I asked the kids to write in response to an article. I really wanted them to write habitually already. And then they said to me, how? And I just sat and I put five sentences down and then I, it became a phenomenon. It's like now that's what, I mean, I have 11 resources out of that one idea. Oh, my goodness. So it wow. Yes. Yeah, it started out as a small book, writing to respond, cultivating a habit, how to cultivate a habit of writing in kids every day. And it turned out to be, oh. I, I end up having writing to respond to text and test, how to respond right. to text regularly and to test prompts. And then I, I had workbooks created for grades pre-K, K through 2, 3 to 4, right. 6 okay. to 12. And so um, all of that came out of the idea of just trying to make sure 
that kids develop a, a habit of writing. Right. So that they can write on grade level when they get, when they get to that place. I just right. am not a proponent for teaching writing as a unit or teaching writing with once, once a semester. It's supposed to be something that you do daily, that you do weekly, yes. just like you do yes. everything else so that it becomes something that is not so arduous. Like, like you know, we make it. And so it, it becomes, that has it becomes been... A craft. It becomes, it becomes a craft. A craft. You have yes. to work at it. Yes. You have to work at exactly. it. Why do you, exactly. Why, why do you, um, why do you, like the question is, why do you feel writing is most important? Because it's, it's communicating. I mean, we, we, communi- ah. we speak, and, and, and one of the things I do when I teach writing is to teach talk writing. There's somebody, I don't remember his name, but he has, a, there's a whole textbook to teach ELL in college how to write by talk writing. If you can talk a paragraph, you're very likely going to write it. So writing is communicating, and I just don't get the idea when we're trying to separate it and think that it's such a huge thing. If you can tell right. me why you want something, tell me your position, tell me why, give me that reason, give me evidence to support your reason, Tell me why other people think you shouldn't have it, and then Great. conclude it. And you've already written an argument in just one piece. So I want students to understand that. Sounds like the old basis. To speak. So, yes. <laughs> it sounds like it's the old just, basis for a research paper. Right. So, but right. I want them to. I want them to. to, to and what I think, has, and, and one of the things that I am a proponent for again is. When I teach the essay, I never begin with an introduction. That's the last thing you create because it's already so difficult to, to come up with some ideas. Yeah. Why not just come up with your three ideas, your one idea first? You know, get your points. Get, let's develop that. You and know then what? we can do another and then another, and then we can introduce it. So because students struggle so much, I mean, we want to let them spend two weeks on something that they can't do, an introduction. It's like it's... Oh, Martha, Martha, I, I, I tell you, I wish, you I, <laughs> wish I'd, I wish I'd had you as a teacher in high school. I really do. I really My do, students. because you, you, it's taken me so... No, well, you, you, you know, I'm just even today, you're talking about an introduction. You know, I, every, yeah. every day when I do a show before a show, and you'll be doing this too, because mm-hmm. you'll be a podcaster, uh, what you want to mm-hmm. do is you want to write up the synopsis for what your show is going to be about, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's an introduction because you haven't done the show right. yet, okay? So now right. we're talking. It's been this amazing conversation, and I realize that my introduction needs to be rewritten because mm-hmm. the show has gone in a direction I didn't see it going in, and it's a great direction. <laughs> it's, a direction. it's a fantastic direction. But you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I mean, I'm just pointing that out with, with introduction. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. but no, we were always mm-hmm. just pounded into our heads. No, you mm-hmm. have to write an introduction. You have to write a topic, you know, paragraph. It has to be an introduction. It has mm-hmm. to be an introduction. And, I mean, how do you mm-hmm. do that? How do you condense those ideas when you haven't even mm-hmm. put the ideas down? And you know, I found out that it didn't work. It did not work with my students who hated writing. And those were the students I always got. When I came up here to Florida, I was in family area, 
and I got the students who didn't want to be in school, actually. They didn't want to write. They didn't want to be in school. They didn't pass the, the SAT the year before. They were seniors right. about to leave. And I had to make sure they write before they left. And so right. I had to make writing fun. And, I, and they, one student said to me, you tricked us into writing. <laughs> and because they didn't, because they didn't think they could write. That's the thing. They did not think they could write. And Martha. when they saw themselves writing essays, they were just appalled. You know. Yeah. Martha, when you say you tricked them into writing, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good teacher. <laughs> it worked. I mean, it worked. They they wrote. They had portfolios. They, they that, that's wrote. a great like, teacher to make the student yeah, feel yeah. like, hey, what what did happen here? Do you find that your yeah. students mm-hmm. after they do tackle writing, do they enjoy it? Do you find that those, oh, yeah. those students that you thought mm-hmm. weren't going to like it enjoy it? That's right. And I have students who walked into class not being confident at all. They didn't think they could do it. And at the end, they had so many beautiful things to say. I still save some of those things that they say um, because they ended up writing. And what I would do is to select reading that was relevant at the time, that was on their grade level, and that was fun. So if they were reading something that was all three of those things, and I wrote a question or a prompt in relation to that piece, everybody wanted to write, especially if they had an opportunity to talk you were not allowed to talk unless you wrote what you wanted to say. So we kind of worked on it. You've got to talk right first. After two weeks of talk writing, we kind of walked right into, okay, now That's... you're going to write what you want to say oh, because I... you won't get a chance to talk. And they all want to talk. So guess if what? I... They're going to write it. I tell you, and Martha, then guess if, what? <laughs> if I only had you in school, oh, my word. I, but you so know, I, 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 I did enjoy writing, so it wasn't a it wasn't a problem for yeah. me. But I, I knew a lot but, of people that hated it. <laughs> if you hate it, you cannot. I cannot let you hate it more. And so kids wanted they wanted to talk so much. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yes, I'm, it's fantastic. You know, there's an incident we had when you know when there was this build that wall, build that wall going on in 2016. Um, one student, he was from Palestine, and he said, walls don't prevent people from getting where they want to go because um, he wanted to say that. And I said, okay, let's have it on paper because you had spoken already last week. We all talked paragraphs. Now we're going to write. So write exactly what you want to tell us why. And so he, they, everybody has to put their heads down and write those five sentences to tell me why you think a wall didn't hold people back. And funny enough, it happened that he wanted to tell his story because he killed a horse to get to yeah to get to America. So the point is, um, it was his personal story, but he wasn't allowed to say it unless he had written it down because the opportunity for talking would only come after you had written because we had done top paragraph the week before. So it it was just a thing that kids wanted to express. So that's what I say when I say. If the writing is, if the story is relevant, like right happening presently, if it is fun and if it is on level, the kids are going to read it and they're going to want to write because that's going to be the, the mandate. Yes, you read it, you enjoyed it, now you're going to write your response. And so kids get to write, you know? Well, I want to ask, in the last 
few minutes we have with the show, um, I wanted to ask what I always ask every writer that comes on this show. But Martha, is writing something you have to do? But that's what I do every time. I mean, I okay. I was telling Mary the other day. I was in the, I was in the restroom, and guess what? I end up writing 514 words seated there. I shouldn't have to tell that to the public, <laughs> but it just happened, and it was just my phone. And it was it was a B unique article too. I like I said, Mary, I can't believe I got 514 words in the same space because that's when it came. I didn't have to come to my office or anything. I write at the back of receipts. I write on. No, maybe I should try that. I write on napkin. I write on tissue paper. I write on paper towel. I write on anything. Writing is just part of me. I just it it just happens. Um, Yeah. Sometimes I I I, I'm going through a journal and I see something I wrote before. I'm like, wait, I didn't know I wrote that before. You know, you have to. So yep, you have to. You have to, I have to. Yeah, I have to write. That's yeah, it. I read. Although I haven't had that location before, I might want to try that. You got five hundred and four. <laughs> you got five hundred and fourteen words 14. out of that. That might be a. That might be a, 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 a. The way. Yeah, no pun intended, but that might be the way to go. You know. <laughs> hey, Martha. Uh, on that. On that note, um, I want to tell you um, this has been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation, and uh, we it greatly been, appreciate yeah. you being on the show. And listen, will you do me a favor? Will you come back? Of course, of course, anytime. Just let oh. me know when you want and what you want. That's fine. I am. I enjoy. That'd be great because we'd love and to I, catch up with you. I mean, you, yeah, you are an amazing person, and I've really considered really, it a privilege to talk with you tonight. I would like you to help me start off as well, because I love you, your voice, your demeanor, everything, and I think you would be a great start for me. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. The check's in the mail. Um, so, <laughs> but listen, I uh, really have enjoyed our conversation, and I really want to thank you for joining us here on Unscripted. We look forward to having you back again. Uh, Martha, I wish you all the success in the world to your podcast. I hopefully can help you out with that. And um, mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing. Because someone out there, a child is born, who is going to be inspired, is going to be moved, and who is going to be doing something all because of you. And, uh, you Thank you very really, much. really, really, really appreciate that. And uh, we are really will come to you every Thursday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, so please tune in here to Be Unique Radio. On behalf of myself, right. Martha, have a good night. Thank you. All right. Okay.